0: Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. Thanks, Cherise, and Happy New Year, everyone. Wow, first weekend. You're all the crew that are still not on holidays, right? Is that it? It's, uh, it's like this gloominess that's over the place tonight. You can tell it's like the pre-work Sunday, isn't it? <laughs> I love this Sunday. So um, who went away? Yeah, had a few, went away. Who stayed at home? Yeah, who had to work? Oh, you poor things! Look, uh, we went away. I, I went away. We went up uh, north to evoke the usual family spot. Guess what I did? I went. I went four wheel driving. Yeah, yeah, that was new for me because, you know, I'm, I I so say look like a four wheel driver, don't I? Um, I always, uh, you know, I went real four wheel driving too. By the way, you know, I I always thought, you know, I thought. I used to think lower North Shore four-wheel driving, you know, the sort of four-wheel driving where you go in your mate's Lexus RX and you go over a few bumps at Chatswood Chase, you know, that, until I had this four-wheel driving, I went with my brother-in-law and he owned a a Toyota Hilux and um, yeah, it was a serious, it was a serious four-wheel drive. I knew it was a real deal and... And so we're, um, we're four-wheel driving up at Wirrumbah near Tugger, that sort of area, off in the bush. And, and I thought it would just be, be one of those nice drives where you just drive down the dirt track and, and, and you just enjoy the birds and the sounds and have the windows down. It'd be very nice... Until this point where my, my bro-in-law sees this massive hillside uh, that literally felt like it went straight up the hill and it was just covered in boulders that felt like they were this big. And he, uh, he, he leaned out the window and he thought, I, I think we'll go up there. And I'm thinking, are you ridiculous? Like, there's no way we're going to get up there, thing. And so he says, yeah, let's do it. And so he, um, he barneys into the bush. He just takes his highlights like, straight into the bush and starts going up this hill. And we're scrambling over these boulders. And it comes to this point where... The four-wheel drive is literally on its side. Like, I thought the thing was going to tip. When, when I was talking to him, I had to talk to him like this from the passenger seat. And we had, by the way, we took Zach, my little guy, and his two cousins. So we had three kids under five in the car. Luckily, they had those four-point harness seats because they're hanging out of their seats like this. <laughs> and um, they're loving it. No, Zach was terrified. I was terrified. And... Um, and I'm freaking out, and I said to him, mate, are you sure we've got this? You know, um, what if we get stuck? And, um, and he says, mate, mate, um, it's, it's not four wheel driving unless you get stuck. <laughs> I'm freaking out. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then I had this epiphany that there was two types of anxieties in that car. You know, there was, there was an anxiety around uh, if we got stuck. And then there was the anxiety of when we got stuck, would we have the tools to get us out of the pickle? Can you see the difference? And so um, he was loving it because he said, you know, Les, who's our father-in-law, he says, Les has packed my recovery kit in the back. It's all fine. I've got the winch. It's all good. And so, uh, and so he was loving it. He was just bush bashing up hills and, and I was freaking out the entire time. But it's a great point, isn't it? Where you're not four-wheel driving until you get stuck. You know I think you haven't done the Christian life until you get stuck. Like which which way do you look at your 2018? You know, have you been like me where you look at your 2018, because let's be real, you know, this time of year is a time of year where it's a transition, it's a change, and those times are already stressful. Some of you thinking that there are going to be big changes coming up for you uh, this year. Maybe there's a change in your job situation. Maybe some of you are going to get married. I know one guy who's getting married this year, Robert Harvey. Stand up, Rob. Let's give him a round of applause. Wow. Casanova. Guys. Don't listen to his story, he'll wreck every other engagement story, it's all fine. Um, uh, yeah, some of you might be changing um, businesses, selling businesses, some of you might be retiring. I was saying to a morning service, for for some people, they'll be thinking about the ultimate transition as to what's next. They're thinking, what do I do after this life? And so... And so here's the big question, because what, what made my brother-in-law so bold and courageous when he went into the bush? It was this, Greg was ready to go. Greg was confident that, that what he had packed with us for that adventure, he didn't worry about getting stuck. In fact, he knew he would get stuck. In fact, James knew that you're going to get stuck as a Christian, because what does he say in chapter one of this passage? He says, not if, but when you face trials of many Kinds, brothers and sisters, consider it pure joy because your faith, etc., etc. So, James is a four wheel driving sort of Christian. James is the sort of guy who says, You're not doing life until you get stuck. But the question for us tonight is, Are we ready to go? Is it possible to prepare yourself in a way that you have the right tools and the resources to tackle 2018 and whatever boulder comes at you this year? Would you like to have a 2018 like that? Which would you prefer? would you prefer to know all the answers about where you 're going or would you prefer to be absolutely confident that you 've packed the winch kit that you have the resources ready to take you into this new year and and so we have uh, we have some great tips from James here that we 're going to look through that can gear you up for your um two thousand and eighteen but before we do, I want to come back to some key points that I shared with you last year when I was talking about transitions. and This whole series is launched out of that message because we had so many people uh, feel that it was relevant to them. They said, I love this stuff. It was a one-off message that I did in September. and I, The first thing that I said back then is this, that I've got a prophetic gift. In, in, that's Christianese, that term, but basically it means I, I can see or sense into your future. Uh, we don't do this often at Northside, but uh, I can sense what your future is going to be like. I, I know exactly what is going to be in your future in about nine months or 12 months time. You ready for this? You ready to receive this church? All right, look at the enthusiasm right before you go to work. i tell you what's going to be in your 2018. is guaranteed to be in your 2018 in nine months, 12 months time. You ready for it? You. Yeah, you're, you're going you're gonna to be in your future. In fact, of all the different variables that are going to happen, the one thing that you're absolutely certain is going to be in your 2018 is you. And so therefore, the biggest determining factor as to whether or not your 2018 is going to be a great year is how you work on you. (laughs) How often do we think of working on us? Because our minds, we get tricked into thinking that, oh, you know what, uh, this is tough. But once I get to that new season, you ever thought like this? Once I get there, once I, once I just get through this bit now and, and 2018, 2017 was junk, but 2018's going to be awesome. Once I get here, things are going to be different. And then you get into 2018 and you realize that it's the same old idiosyncrasies. Same things trigger you. You blow up at the same sort of stuff. Same addictions, the the same things that hold you back from reaching your potential. And we get tricked into thinking that things are going to be different here because here's how the thinking goes. You know, it's like it's, it's a new year, it's a new do, it's a new you, right? That's, that's what we think, right? We just change our hair or we not wear socks, Adrian. That's pretty cool. I saw that. If we just not wear socks in 2018, then, then things are going to be different. It's a new you, yeah. You're going to be in your 2018. So work on you. Most importantly, there's no linkage between knowing what is next in your 2018 and being prepared for what's next in 2018. And i tell you how that works. It's because I read a little book before we had kids called What to Expect When You Are Expecting, before I had little Zach. And that night before he was born, I knew he was coming the next day. It was happening. It was on. And uh, that book, uh, really, the first title of, of, uh, of that book, What to Expect When You're Expecting, should be, um, you don't know what you're expecting. You could, you could read all the books in the world, but nothing can prepare you for moving into that season of life. And haven't you experienced that with jobs and relationships and the rest of it? You might know exactly where you're going, but you could be totally unprepared for that. Which is so important because um, don't we always freak out when we don't know where we're going? Some of you already felt that. You're freaking out because, what am I going to do in 2018? What's going to happen? Or or, I I, I need a decision on my visa. Or I I need to be going here. I don't know what the job's going to be like. Or I don't know if I have to move. And we think that if we know what's going to happen in our future, that we're going to be prepared. There's absolutely no linkage. In fact, what you've got to get in the first year of 2018, that being prepared, like the winch kit, being prepared for the adventure that is ahead is everything. And so James gives us some ways that you can prepare. And he does that in this passage tonight from James chapter 1. Some of you theologians are thinking, when's the guy going to get to the Bible? Here it is. Uh, first verse up here that James gives us. Let's bring that up. James says, "Humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you." So, over this series, ready to go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at a couple of things that we can pack to be ready to go. And so, here's the, here's the first thing that I think, if you want to be ready to go, that you've got to pack. Anyone ever seen one of these? The good old Lonely Planet. Anyone ever used the Lonely Planet? Yeah. TripAdvisor. Sorry, it's the. It's the evening service. Okay, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Contextualization, digital format. <laughs> Humbly accept the word. What, what James is saying, that when you are prepared to pack a guidebook, it means that you are willing to admit that when uh, you go where you're going, you actually don't know what you're doing. Anyone that takes a guidebook when they go to that city, it's actually an admission to say, I- I'm going to this amazing city, this amazing country, but I don't know where to go, I don't know what to do. In fact, they're humbly accepting the word of Lonely Planet wherever they go. And here's, um, here's the fascinating thing. Most of us, if we've traveled, have used a guidebook. And isn't it fascinating that we sell, people sell millions of these things around the world? And there are thousands of young people off travelling around, doing kentucky doing the rest, doing Europe, older people doing Europe with these guidebooks and they're far more willing to receive the advice and come under the advice of one of these than they are one of these. James says, Humbly come under, accept, submit to, fit to this word which can save you. Because fundamentally what he's saying is, are you willing to have an authority? Are you willing this year to pack an authority that is greater than your own knowledge with you this year? And I can't think of any better guidebook in life. This is the operating manual for life than to come under. Now I know what modern Sydney siders think. They think I'm not I'm not coming under under that. You're not going to tell me what to do. I'm a big boy. I'm a big girl. I I make my own future. I I carve my own future. I determine my own truth. But seriously, I I have days of the week where I I don't know whether I want to be fit or whether I want to eat ice cream. In fact, they're trying to both at the same time. (laughs) If I'm that conflicted, maybe you're that conflicted. Who's to say that you have an authority that is reliable over your life? So the first thing that you need to pack is, is is a guidebook. Be willing to admit that maybe in 2018 you don't know how to run your life. But that's a good thing because then James says, if you can accept that, then it opens you up to this next tool, resource that he gives us. He then says this. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Those who listen to the word but do not do what it says are like a people who look at their faces in a mirror and after looking at themselves, go away and immediately forget what they look like and James here uses one of the most perfect illustrations. And so the second thing that we need to pack is a mirror. Here we go and this has been well used. Trust me. This is this has been responsible for a lot of spunky Sunday looks in there that thing. <laughs> Um, James uses a, a fantastic example of the mirror because you, you have to understand that um, back then uh, uh, Greek people, uh, Roman people, uh, people in the ancient societies, mirrors weren't as clear as that. It was just a bit of polished metal so they never saw themselves as clear, clearly as we would see ourselves today. And what James is getting at is that the, in this illustration, the first thing is this, that Sin, what the Bible describes as sin, the way that we have a brokenness in ourselves, um, sin so warps our heart that we develop almost like a form of spiritual anorexia. That no matter how much we hear the good truth of what God has to say about us, when we stare into that mirror, um, we're like a size 8 spiritually and then we're a size 16 every time we look into that. And here's what I mean by that. You know, have you ever found moments in your life where a mother or a father or a friend said that you're no good or you're useless or someone said that you're ugly or you're not going to amount to anything or they've said something horrible and you just cannot remove that from your mindset. A co-worker said something. Someone's been promoted over the top of you. And as a result, you constantly cling to that. And then we come to this word and we read all of these beautiful promises about who we are. You're a, you're a kid of the king. You're heirs to the throne. You're part of the kingdom. You're on a great adventure with the God Almighty. He sent you out like fireflies. You're a chosen people. You're a royal priesthood. All of these great truths that we learn and we come into the mirror and all we do is we look at ourselves and we see the bad stuff and it's so easy to forget that and we walk away. Does that make sense? So first of all, it shows us that We have to constantly be coming back and looking at ourselves and comparing ourselves with the word like a mirror. Keep looking at us. But why it's also such a great example is he says, if we're back to that verse, Heather, a mirror demands a response. Those who... Listen to the word but do not do what it says They're Like people who look at their faces in a mirror And after looking at themselves go away and, do, and forgetting what they look like Mirrors demand a response And here's what I mean by that I can tell exactly how long you guys Have been in front of the mirror recently You want to know? Until you got that problem right You're, you, you, you were in front of the mirror As long as it took to fix it <laughs> I mean, some people even have mirrors on the side of their walls as they they head out the door and people will be late for a meeting and, and they will see a bit of spinach stuck in the side of their teeth from their morning omelet and they will stop and they will even be late for the meeting because they need to stop until that thing is fixed. Mirrors constantly demand a response. And so James says, you need to be looking into this thing to such an extent until it presses upon your heart that it demands a response. More importantly, what James is saying is it's the doing that makes a difference. In other words, guys, please don't be misunderstood. Please don't think that this noble act that we've got here of meeting together on a Sunday and listening to a preacher and hearing from the word, please do not think that listening to this is enough. James says, if, if you listen to this and you go out and you're not changed by it, it's as crazy as looking in the mirror and doing nothing about it. It's as if you've gone into an elevator before a meeting. Clients are there. You've got a pitch to someone. You've got spinach in your teeth. Your hair's rough. The shirt or the blouse is out. You walk up. Your boss says, oh, you can't go in there looking like that. And you say to your boss, it's okay. I looked in the mirror. <laughs> See, no one gets credit for just looking in the mirror. You've got to do something about it. A mirror demands a response. And so you will not change in, in this place just by simply turning up on a Sunday and listening. The best determinant of what your 2018 will look like will be working on me, you. So a mirror demands a response. And then he goes on to say, if that's what happens... If that's what you do, if you begin to start changing, if you go and start wrestling with this, then something happens wonderfully here in the final part of the passage here. He says this, But those who look intently, intently, that word there, the Greek word underneath that was the same word used when Peter looked into the tomb. Those who looked intently, look into it going, what the heck is this about? That tomb's empty. Where's Jesus? What's happening? Those who look intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continue in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Now, straight up, there is a way not to read this verse. And the way not to read this verse is to think, okay, if I turn up to church and just do the religious stuff, then God will bless me. That's not how it works. There are churches out there that might say that to you, that if you just work hard enough, or you pray hard enough, or if you've got enough faith that God's going to bless you, but that's not what this is saying. What this is saying is that when you move into and study and be changed by and gripped by the word, suddenly it begins to shape and transform you in such a way that you discover a freedom from it. A freedom in it. And some of you are thinking, how the heck does that work? That works like this. Kristen and I, when we were in New York, we did a... We did a Lonely Planet version of New York late last year And so I booked everything Being the studious husband that I was um, No kids with us I booked everything through the Lonely Planet guidebook And I tell you what It was the most magical, perfect week that we'd had Because it's like every, every restaurant that we went to Every attraction we went to like We knocked it out of the park I'd had reservations months in advance Like I smashed it, I killed it It was awesome <laughs> Uh, now, how did I do it? I looked intently into the perfect law that then gave freedom. <laughs> because I, like, I easily could have gone my own way. I easily, easily could have turned up there and just gotten off at the station at 42nd Street and wandered around and found out where Times Square was and, and wandered till all hours until midnight to find a place to eat. We've had holidays like that, right? <laughs> but instead, when I submitted to the guidance and the advice by faith, into this book, or more specifically, TripAdvisor, because I am tech savvy enough. We owed it the most fantastic places. We had the most fantastic time. And so here's the point when you submit yourself to this, when you submit yourself under this, there's. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> Look at that, shining a light into the congregation there. It's just beautiful. When you submit under this, and when you trust this, and by faith you just move into doing what it says, you've got the choice to go either way. You can do your own thing. No one says you have to follow this tonight. I'm not saying you have to follow this. But when you submit to that, something wonderful happens in a way that you discover over time, progressively, it begins to change you. Now, here's the caveat as we get ready to finish up tonight. It's probably going to hurt. It's because there are people here tonight, it's just the new year, I know how it goes. I've met people here at this time of year, it might be you, you've come in thinking, you know what, it's a new year, new me, I might take up a bit of yoga, Pilates and Christianity. And I might, I might check, I, might, I wonder if this fits me. You know, and I can tell you what, if, if anything that is of value fits you straight off the bat on your first try, it's not a good thing. It's like turning up to the gym. And thinking, I wonder, I'm going to go and start bench pressing 120 kilos. I wonder if this is going to work. You see, anything that is going to change you is either going to cost you or hurt you. And Christianity is no different from the gym. And in many ways, the gym's no uh, different from substance abuse. Both of those things can change you. Both of those things, the process of change, will be catalyzed by either cost. Or pain. And the question for you as you get ready for your 2018 and you get ready to go, is to say, what things will I submit to that will cost me or hurt me? Will they either destroy me or will they flourish me? And if you hang with us long enough, you get to stay around here. We said goodbye to an elder this morning that's been here. She gave her life to Christ in the Lane Cove Church of Christ over 40 years ago. A great woman of faith, on our eldership twice, just oozes love and beauty and light from her soul. She's just a pleasure to be around. If ever you want proof that this stuff works, don't listen to me. Look at her life. If you stay with us long enough, you will see people that have, have, have come under Christianity, wrestled with it. It's cost them something, of course it's cost them something. It's caused them a bit of pain, but heck, you know, playing scales on a piano is going to cause you pain at first until you discover the freedom of being able to play it well. So change will not happen. <laughs> Which reminds me, a great friend, one of our young mums, she had a great Facebook post. She said, uh, Happy New Year. I, I can't believe it's been a, a year since I didn't become a better person. <laughs> You won't become a better person until you are willing to submit yourself under the ultimate guidebook. And through the process of constantly looking intently into that and checking yourself in the mirror of all of that and and reflecting yourself in all of that and changing things and most importantly, doing things now. If you are the best determiner of your future, do things now. I've been reading through a guy called um, Jim Rohn and he says, This is a great line. It's really challenged me this year. He said, finish your year before it begins. So in other words, what things will you place centrally into your life now? What things will you do to be ready to go now? All of those things you dream about doing in August, September, October, November, December, get those things in the bag now and finish your year before it begins. And so that's simply the question for you tonight. What shouldn't you be doing that you'll say, oh, I'll do later? And most importantly, what things should you be packing in your bag this year so you can be absolutely sure regardless of, of, of whether you come up against a massive boulder, regardless of whether you get stuck. In fact, when you get stuck, that you can be absolutely confident that I've got the resources and that I'm ready to go. Big questions. I'm going to give you a couple of minutes to think through that. I'm going to think through that and just allow God to speak to you and, and just think on that in this moment. Write it down. You know, we we never had to get the winch out too, by the way. I realized I didn't tell the morning congregation. They're getting frustrated because I'm I'm using all of these stories that I don't give them a resolution to. So you're lucky tonight. You uh, know what happened to us. We we never had to get the winch out up that hill uh, during the holidays, uh, but we did back out of our adventure up the hill and backed it back. Got the kids out of the car and Greg got the car home safe. So it's all good in case you're wondering about all of that. But look, here's a revelation for me and what I'm wrestling through and we'll be wrestling through together as we do life together is, um, is as I was preparing for this message, I realized that in my own life, like I've, I've been a bit of a stick to the road sort of Christian. Um, that, that I, I'm up for a bit of four-wheel driving, but then it's been the sort of s- just stick to the dirt, wo- dirt road four-wheel driving. And, and part of my hope and prayer and where I believe God is at least challenging me this year is that if there are opportunities to go for a fang up the hill, to bush bash a little bit spiritually, I'm going to take it. I invite you to do that with me because it, most of all, I, I want to be a Christian that gets stuck this year. I want to get stuck once because I know in those moments in my life that when I have been stuck, there is nothing like the sweetness of the experience when there is nothing left in your own strength to pull you out of where you are. And you experience um, the saving winching of Jesus Christ. That is Christianity. Christianity is at one point all of us were spiritually stuck And we couldn't get ourselves out of the mess. And God, in the person of Jesus Christ, sent his son, sends this word into here. Heck, his brother even believed that was the deal and writes this book called the book of James. James, the brother of Jesus. The the truth is that Christianity is for those who, who got stuck and finally realized that they couldn't get themselves out of it. But most importantly, are people who then walk through life knowing that with the word of God, with the Holy Spirit, with this process of constantly looking into it, we have every resource to get us through this year. So we're up for a bit of an adventure, church. I'm hoping that we get a little bit stuck along the way. I'm hoping that there's going to be moments in which we experience God in ways, the only way that we're going to get out of this thing is if He pulls us out of that. Um, that might be some of you tonight. Maybe some of you turned up to church because, you, yeah, you feel stuck. And you think, man, I've tried it all. I've tried the yoga. I've tried the Pilates. And that's not working. Maybe, how's Christianity going to help me out of this? Um, Hang out in the four-wheel drive with us and watch uh, how it works. Stay with us long enough. But but most importantly, if you are that person who's just continuing to watch in, I mean, are you putting more faith in one of these guidebooks than you are in the ultimate guidebook? I mean, it's not that you don't have enough faith. You're a person of faith. You're just putting it in the wrong objects. Transfer that faith tonight. Begin your new new year right with a faith in Jesus Christ and to transfer that trust onto Him. So... As we come to communion tonight, there is an opportunity for us to be thinking about what it is that we need to be doing now the way we can finish our year before it begins. And so as we uh, take of the bread and the cup at the side of the auditorium here, uh, that's for anyone who is a follower of Jesus Christ. It's his invitation. Um, it is the tangible reminder um, that for all of humanity, when we're stuck on a boulder, where we felt that there was no way forward, no way out of the way that we live our lives, um, God comes in. He turns up in the, in the form of Jesus And he winches us out of that situation. And he calls us not to stop there, but to continue to live the adventure. Um, May we remember that tonight as we do that. It's also the ministry of anointing. Um, So if you're looking for a sense of God's power and presence this year, uh, I am. If you'd like that, then uh, we do this once a month where we simply um, put a little bit of oil on your head, which represents his power and presence. Uh, our, Our prayer team, myself, some of the elders will be here to pray with you as well. Um, But if you'd like to seek God in that way, then that's available to you. Um, I don't know what life is going to look like for you this year. Um, I don't know what life is going to look like for Northside. I'm less worried about that now. I'm just more worried, and I hope you are, as to whether or not you're ready to go. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.